0: tuned into cfcr 90.5 fm and it's time for the nerdy news it's punch radio with brennan and kathy and tony and jody and craig and hank and we're talking a lot about comics today and uh kathy's gonna kick things off by complaining about lego first so uh what's what's the deal with lego what's got y'all riled up kath
1: well i i'm gonna say a couple of good things first because I like to sandwich bad things and with some good things so I'm going to tell you some good things that are happening at lego um so uh, some of some of the sets that come to lego are made by fan through a fan channel and voted on and they're called the lego ideas sets and they're usually nice sets um like characters that wouldn't come into lego like the normal Lego that Star Wars, Marvel, stuff like that. This would be something different. Like the City Perks set or Sesame Street just came out or stuff like that, different stuff. There are eight sets right now and Lego ideas that are being um, retooled and figured um, for release and they're pretty neat. Um, there's a Lego typewriter coming out that you can actually type,
2: and, and it I, actually I works. Yes, you can type and it works.
1: Well, yes. I don't. I don't know if it's gonna. It it works in the sense that you could type, but I don't know if it's gonna actually make. I don't think. Oh, it's there'll be no make, ink involved. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, there's a Winnie the Pooh set coming. Mm. That would be neat. Uh, there's a Lego Home Alone.
2: Mm. The Home
1: Alone house? Yeah, I don't care about that. Go on. I know you don't care about that, but it's <laughs> oh. it's gonna have um, like all the booby traps in it. Oh, okay. so that you can uh, and hopefully you can like sh- hurt the little Lego invaders or whatever home invaders. There's a Seinfeld 30th anniversary. Oh,
2: that's exciting because we all know how exciting Seinfeld can be. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> Bring in, bring in that Lego, and we can just watch Jerry and Seinfeld complain or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Most negative people I've ever seen
1: on television. But go on. I think the minifigures of that is are going to be pretty neat. The minifigures of the Seinfeld. Mini, the minifigures of Seinfeld, I think, will be pretty neat. There's a Sonic, uh, Lego Sonic. Sonic like Sonic Hedgehog? the Hedgehog. Oh, Sonic okay. the Hedgehog one that's coming. There's a, a globe. Ooh, that's coming wow that would be nice um and uh Stratocaster a guitar, a guitar. <gasps> Oh, and the, the wow. cool thing about the guitar is it looks like that you could customize it maybe like it's not going to be just one guitar that you can build but you might be able to make it
2: is this a life-size guitar they're no, doing so it's, no, small. it's, oh, small. Small, small, it's guitars. small so are these things that are actually happening then like this is for sure coming out
1: They've been approved, so they've met their 10,000 votes, um, but now they're at the point where the designers have to go, the Lego designers have to go in and, and, and uh, yeah. make it so that it's a set that's buildable by the masses and not, not just, just yeah. one guy. Oh, there's also uh Lego Vincent Van Gogh Starry Night. Oh, would that be with the,
2: um, what do they call those things? The little
1: tiny the, the dots? The dots, yeah. I'm not sure. That would, that, would make be, sense. that would make sense too, but yeah, you get a little Vincent Van Gogh. Oh, sense. cool. That'll be neat. Does he have an ear? One ear, two ears. Funny, you should say that because yes. they were they were saying that like on the fan channel, like the Lego wow. Ideas channel, that uh, would the the little Vincent Van Gogh have like one ear, or could you turn his face? You know how they're like yeah. two sided faces or whatever. And but then everybody's like, that's silly because Lego minifigures don't have ears, ah. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so Lego, My maybe they'll draw Lego. one just for him. They'll draw one. Lego. I don't know. So that's a good thing that's coming out. Um, Also for March, a new thing has come out that's for little people. It's called Video, V-I-D-I-Y-O. It's an app that's a music video. Uh, You know, the Mario things that came out that's interactive and you buy the little sets and you put the sets together and you move Mario around with Mm -hmm. the Lego. This is kind of on the same technology, and then you get two by two tiles with the minifigure, and you scan your minifigure and the tiles into this app, and you add some things to it, and it makes a little music video, and you can share this music video with your friends.
2: Okay, so this is very kid, very kiddish. Yes, oh, A new way of playing with Lego because kids can't just sit down and build Lego anymore. They it's have all to about be an app. app. It's all about an
1: app. Yes, so, all, right, it's that all, makes all about sense. an app. Yeah, that makes sense. So the, uh, the, the little mini-character that you get and the three little tiles that you get that give you features in your video, they're kind of like, there's eight different characters, blind characters. Oh, okay. Blind characters that used to come in bags. Okay, now what's the deal? They don't come in bags anymore? Now these ones are not in bags. These ones
2: are in boxes. So blind boxes have been around a long time. We do, they do blind boxes for a lot of stuff. But, and when you buy a blind box, you have no idea what it is. So you can get three of each figure that you buy.
1: I really like the Lego minifigure sets that come in the bags. I'm really good at feeling the bags. (laughs) Kathy's really good at feeling the bags. (laughs) Lego. Lego Lego. bags. I can tell you exactly what's in it. And Delicious. this is going to take all the fun out of it for me. It's going to deflate the whole thing. If I have to get eight different boxes and there may be this eight this of the same character.
2: But at the same time,
1: you might be good at
2: feeling bags, feeling sacks, you might be good at feeling the bags. Yeah. But at the same time, a lot of people aren't. So it really doesn't change for a lot of people. So the majority of people just go with their kids and they grab a, they grab a bag and they, you know, they don't feel the bag like you guys, there's like 10 people. You walk in and there's all kinds of people looking through these, you know, these Lego bags.
1: Uh, yes, this is true. And it's always like me and four other guys my age who are yeah. checking for these things. And it's the kids who buy like a handful of them and yeah. don't care.
2: So it's not that big of a deal. I think it's good. I think it's, it's easier. It makes it fair for everybody. Um, I'm not really, um, not a big guy who buys these minifigures, but I think it's easy to buy these, you know, buy 50 of them and get, you know, 40 the same. <laughs> <laughs> that is not, matter.
1: yeah, yeah, it
2: doesn't so, matter.
1: Sounds about well right. Yeah. No, that's yes. not how I do it. Um, well, maybe in th- this
0: so, like COVID age, they're trying to discourage shoppers from like handling the bags so much.
1: That that might be it. Um, some of the the like fan people, Lego people, are saying that this is just a thing that they're doing for the video pieces, and and not it won't be something that's rolling out for the new blind bag things. But we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, already the last Lego minifigure set that came out, they're trying to make it harder for people like me. They, uh, it, it, things in them were double bagged. So you, you can't really feel it. It's just like, they
2: want you to buy two. Well, they want you to buy <laughs> they more. Want to buy they more. want you to buy more. They don't want it to be easy. Otherwise, it's like a plastic bag and you just buy the ones you want. So that's just what they don't want that. That's just retail. But it's taking the fun out of it for me. Just I like retail. that. That's retail, man. (laughs) They want want you to buy more. It's
0: true. Is that all you had to complain about today? Well, I complain about one more thing.
1: (laughs) Okay, quick. Okay, I'll make it quick. Lego stuff is still not in stock. We ordered something in January. It's still not in stock. Uh, Everything on the Lego site that I want is out of stock. It's driving me crazy. There is kind of maybe hope on the horizon. They are saying that Ikea... The sets that they made special for Ikea yeah. will all be restocked in March oh. so if they're going to restock all the Ikea stuff in March maybe everything else is going to come back like COVID is just killing it's saving me money because I can't buy anything but you know I haven't got my Christmas gift yet yeah he hasn't got his Christmas gift yet because it's Wait. still backordered still backordered okay stupid Lego
0: <laughs> just be patient All right. Well, in the meantime, you can fill the void with comics. There's lots of new stuff. Brennan, what is going on with DC? What's the Infinite Frontier all about?
3: Okay, so, Infinite Frontier uh, has just come out. Uh, The first issue is number zero, and this is, appears to be the launch of the new direction of DC Comics. So, we went through the DC uh, Death Metal, and then we had the Future State that I've been talking about a lot, a couple of two to four issues showing us different multiverse type things and now this is setting the stage of what the titles are going to be looking like uh for the next near future i would i would assume so infinite frontier starts off with wonder woman you know being the big hero of, of death metal and basically saving the universe and she's being visited by the quintessence and being told that at one time when the universe stood with only 52 universes That were walled off from the omniverse it's now open again and we have countless universes and there's no more boundaries and well done the multiverse is back and wonder woman basically says how do i know this is true um they want her to join part of the like like the specter like being a an all-powerful presence who's part of the universe and she said how do i know this is true not some kind of trick so the specter says i will be her guide and i will show her parts of of the universe, so that you know that things are how they should be. So from there, throughout the comic, we have uh, a series of stories that are showing us glimpses of what the next round of DC Comics are going to be like. So we have a Justice League story, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Teen Titans, Flash, Stargirl, you get the idea. So uh, a good cross-section of what's going to come. Every story is like a small glimpse. So it's anywhere from, you know, four to six pages. Uh, everything in here is actually is quite good. Um, I like seeing all the different styles of artwork. The nice thing is all the art is really quite good. So I'm not sure if if DC's just being a bit more aware of it. Uh, I'm not saying DC has had bad art per se, but it's nice seeing different styles that you can tell people are actually kind of at the top of their game. So we have some really good art. There isn't much in here that isn't too surprising from the future state. It's, It's sort of like you take what the present might be in future state and kind of meet it somewhere in the middle. There's a lot per story. So I don't really want to pack each one. Um, but a couple of neat highlights is one of my favorite ones was actually the Green Lantern, Alan Scott story, because one, I think we need more Alan Scott in comics in general, but they actually referenced JSA and infinity incorporated. There's a picture where they, they referenced that team, which growing up was one of my favorite comics. Uh, and so Alan Scott is talking to Jade, and Obsidian, and he has a big reveal in it. I won't give it away. But of course, at the end, not everything can be cheery and rosy because it is a DC comic. Um, but at the end, it gives us a big, long list of how the stories are going to be continuing on. But if you take a look at the list, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven number ones coming out in March, and then a Green Lantern number one in April. In May, a Mr. Miracle, the source of freedom number one, a Robin number one, a Wonder Girl number one, and then in June a Supergirl number one, and then in the summer Infinite Frontier number one. So I guess we're going to have a couple more check-ins. So it's interesting that we're going to have a continuation from these stories, but also retold into some number ones as well. So uh, good time to be starting off if you're into DC. And then very quick Crime Syndicate, which is an alternate universe where all the good guys are actually bad guys. Uh, they're all sort of jerks. And my favorite part of the comic is in the second page. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but there's a neat twist on a famous historical event, which sets up Ultraman as this sort of evil Superman and how he's different from the Superman from our Earth. Uh, but Crime Syndicate, it's going to be six parts. Uh, it's fun. It's, it's really good so far for the first issue. So check that out as well. So we have our nice DC comics and then a little bit of grimy bad guys doing bad thing comic.
0: Uh, let's throw things over to Hank and Craig for their take on pop culture for the week, and then I want to talk about three different comics. Take it away, fellas.
4: Hey, everybody, Craig Silliphant here, and my good buddy, Hank Cruz coming at you on cfcr 90.5 fm and we are going to talk about some things we've been watching today mostly i think so uh -hmm. i'm I'm gonna say we're gonna we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this but let's quickly talk about coming to america you really have to enunciate that to To. distinguish it from coming to america the first movie so obviously eddie murphy is back uh, arsenio hall a lot of the cast of the first movie uh like just really quickly uh what did you think about it hank
5: um i did laugh a few times uh more actually i laughed more than i thought i would because uh to me this is quite an unnecessary sequel because why when the first movie i thought was quite good why I risk ruining it but it's nice to see everybody back and uh it there were certain parts that were weird and uh just like uh the awesome review that you put on the feedback society Which um they spent way too much time um not in america so that was the part that kind of got me but yeah it was okay.
4: Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm uh, definitely there. As Hank said, you can read my full review on thefeedbacksociety.com. But uh, yeah, it's a, it, it was better than I expected. I really wasn't going into this expecting too much. Uh, there was definitely some good laughs in there. But uh, like you said, it kind of gets tripped up on, like, just how many characters there are. And, and it really wants to be this feminist movie. But then it sidelines all the female characters to focus on this sort of new uh prince character basically uh so uh, i think it's worth checking out though it's on amazon uh you know i like i said i went in with low expectations and i had a decent time with it so um i've also been watching a show called solar opposites so uh apparently this show is over a year old uh it came out on hulu last year but it's made by rick and morty uh co-creator justin roiland and then Mike McMahon, who also does the Star Trek uh, Lower Deck show. So it's, it's very, like, it could honestly be a spinoff to Rick and Morty. It's the same humor, the same uh, sort of sci-fi setup, and obviously a lot of the same voices. In, or, well, at least Justin Roiland does a lot of the voices. Uh, so it's basically about these aliens that have like crash landed on earth and they live in suburbia and, you know, their, their house has like a ship crashed into it on the top and they're trying to repair the ship to get out of there, but it's just sort of them living in society basically. And, you know, if you like Rick and Morty you'll love this show uh it's on disney plus i did note that like for some reason there's only four episodes of the first season which is eight episodes so i don't know if they'll suddenly appear in the next couple of weeks uh because season two is set to come out later this month so uh i'm assuming that will show up on disney as well but for some reason i haven't been able to catch the whole first season uh but definitely worth checking out have
5: you seen that one i watched the first episode and i did not notice that they're all not on there
4: so maybe i'll wait till they're all and i'll just binge the thing Yeah, probably good i've watched them all like two or three times now because i'm, I'm just, mm-hmm. i love that stuff but and uh i've got something else but let's why don't you uh jump in for a minute and tell me what uh, what you've oh, got there. something oh, that's really making oh, uh, t-swift oh, eh?
5: oh the t-swizzle sticks or whatever they call themselves <laughs> her army of teenage girls are pretty upset that uh so Ginny and georgia it's the name of the show. It's on Netflix. Uh, there's 10 episodes. Uh, so Georgia is in pursuit of a better life for her family. She arrives in small town, Wellsbury with her 15 year old daughter, Jenny and her nine year old son, Austin after her husband, who is neither Ginny or Austin's dad, dies in quotation marks. So just to give you a taste in the 10 episode roller coaster ride, in the first episode on her first day at a new school, Ginny faces off as a racist English teacher and befriends Maxine, through whom she meets Maxine's bad boy twin brother, Marcus, and another guy, Hunter. She later kisses Marcus, but also agrees to go on a date with Hunter. Now, meanwhile, Georgia meets cafe owner, Joe, who is someone from her past. She also meets Wellsbury's mayor, Paul, And the next door neighbor Ellen, who's the mother of Marcus and Maxine, on their date, both Ginny and Hunter smoke the weed, which was like, what? And then Ginny goes home from the date and has sexy times with Marcus. Now, Georgia attends a board meeting held by the mayor and blackmails Joe into giving food to the school at a low price, which gets her a job in the mayor's office, which plays a huge part in the show. flashbacks throughout the episode reveal how georgia was abused as a teenager how she became pregnant with jimmy and that her husband's death that you know what i don't want to give any more spoilers away but who do things happen in this show you know except for the last five minutes of the first season which were just too much and it was ridiculous and it made me angry just like another show we talked about like try to ruin it in the last five minutes why don't you Uh, it is it's great it's fun it's really dumb uh, Ginny in Georgia, season one. I gave it a 71 out of 100. Uh, you should eat it with, uh, uh, I don't know, lots of cheese, some, some fromage.
4: So is it like a comedy primarily or kind of a dramedy? Or?
5: Oh, um, so this, uh, when you go through, I would say that it's a, a ridiculous with a zillion plot lines zillion genres all thrown into one we got murder mysteries we got rom-coms we got uh teenage high school stuff we've got like it's it's uh, just a grab bag of everything
4: yeah so it's like post-genre television yeah or something. it is it's it sounding kind of like uh this is us or gilmore girls or something while you were describing it but maybe there's more to it the,
5: i think originally the premise they were going to try to go for a uh, more of a uh and down and dirty gilmore girls because uh, the mum is uh, uh actually the daughter is more mature than the mum for most of the part and they're kind of playing off that there but no it's 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 ridiculous the whole thing but it's fun to watch, it's
4: huh, fun to watch. interesting uh, so the last one I have for today is, uh, actually a show that's been out since 2019. And for some reason it took me this long to watch it, which is weird because I'm a huge fan of, uh, the director, but it's called too old to die young and you can watch it on Amazon, uh, right now. Uh, but it's directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, who uh, is a, you know, I, he, I, I love this director. I mean, he made drive and only God forgives and pusher and movies like that uh so this is like a 10 part series uh and it stars miles teller uh he plays a police officer who without giving too much away like finds himself sort of working uh in the underworld uh for a gangster basically uh and then he meets another character who is a played by john hawks who's a killer that's uh like murdering pedophiles and stuff like that jenna malone is sort of john hawks is like handler uh what's her name tiger nell something nell tiger uh carter no nell tiger free tiger nell, king nell carter the is a woman from the 80s uh nell tiger free who is the uh, girl from the uh the servant plays his teenage girlfriend And uh, then, of course, there's the uh, uh, Christina Rodlio uh, and Augusto Aguilera play some uh, Mexican cartel characters that are pretty wild. So uh, the show is written by uh, Reffin and Ed Brubaker, who we know as a comic book uh, uh, writer. So um, it's it's. It's just a bizarre show in the sense that it's like it looks amazing uh it's a really great crime saga but the thing i have to warn you about is it would fall into the category of what us cinephiles sometimes call slow cinema meaning like it has a very deliberate pace and it really takes its time there's a lot of characters staring off into the distance like conversations that have three lines of dialogue take like five minutes because they just they there's like 15 seconds between each response uh, and then that's punctuated by just like moments of like extreme violence and, and stuff like that. So highly stylish. I mean, if you know Reffin's work, you know, like how stylish it is. And over the top in places in a way that's like you know Reffin can be very self-indulgent uh and but in a way that can be kind of funny sometimes so sometimes the cinema is so slow that you're laughing you're going like this is crazy he's actually doing this uh, or the violence is so over the top that you're like that was crazy can't believe he's actually doing this you know um but overall like uh man i wish i had to watch this like in 2019 when it came out it's probably it's the favorite thing i've seen this year so far uh so too old to die young and it's on amazon like- And that is the time that Hank and I have, so we're going to throw back to Jody there and uh, we'll say see you later.
0: Okay, so two of the comics that I want to talk about came out like two weeks ago, but I was lazy and didn't get around reading them till now. And then the other one came out last week, but I hadn't read it yet. And it's kind of a big deal. This is Berserker. This is the new Keanu Reeves book. Um, and it is uh, written by or co written with Matt Kent, who, uh, if you're a fan of the show, you know that I completely love him and I've been talking about some of his books lately. It is, it's violent and it is sort of feels like it's like they're testing out the waters to maybe make this into a TV show or a movie. Like it just sort of feels like a storyboard. It's very Punisher. Esque, I think and actually we talked last week about Frank Miller's Sin City. It also has a real Sin City kind of feel to it too. The art is by Alessandro Vitti and basically it's Keanu. It's a dude who's just like a beefy Keanu looking guy. He's immortal and he has to like right the wrongs that the government can't because he's like super mighty. That's essentially what i got out of the first issue so um it's i think it's gonna be kind of cool i'm gonna stick with it it is keanu so you know you gotta love that he's a he's a good soul uh, but we'll see where it goes that's all i have to say on berserker it's kind of cool i really liked shadow doctor shadow doctor came out um it's written by peter calloway and the arts by george jante Peter Calloway, this is a a true story from his family. It's basically the story of his grandfather, who was an African-American doctor who could not get a job in Chicago. Um, He just couldn't get hired because of his color. And so he ends up going to the mob uh, to try to get some money so he can set up his own practice. And of course, gets involved with Al Capone, etc. It's set in like that Prohibition era. So it's super gangster-y and with like a lot of issues that we're still dealing with today. So, you know, it's kind of cool. Peter Calloway, he's been writing a lot of TV. He's done some comics. He did um, Gothic, Gotham City Sirens, uh, but he's been doing more TV stuff. So he did Under the Dome, Hellcats, Brothers and Sisters. And uh, the art's good. Um, It's George Dante who did American Way, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Serenity. Uh, Definitely worth checking out. I am gonna keep with this one as well and see where it goes. And then the third thing that I read uh, was Truth and Justice. It's a DC sort of anthology series. Basically it came out in a digital form as three issues back in January. And then at the end of February, they actually released those stories in the comic. And if you don't know Vixen, Vixen is like this shapeshifter. She can turn into any animal. And she is kind of rad that way, but this didn't use that skill that much. Uh, She's no Manimal. She's no Maya from Space 1999, who we all love here. Uh, But basically the reason why she is brought in to this particular battle is because there's this artifact that can dominate its host but because her power is totemic, the artifact can't take her over, even though it kind of almost does. And so it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting. The art's decent. It's by um, Chris Cross and Jordi Tarragona. Written by Jeffrey Thorne. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't move me. I didn't love it, but I did really like Shadow Doctor and I, I have a soft spot for Berserker. So put those on your list and maybe don't worry about Truth and Justice quite so much. right those are my picks for the week and that wraps up another episode of punch radio so you gotta wait a whole nother week now till you get more but you know where to find us here on CFCR 90.5 every friday at 6 p.m so in the meantime keep your dudes up